Welcome to the Rush Hour. Your daily dose of pop culture and entertainment news for your Rush Hour ride. Work sucks, but your commute doesn't have to. Buckle up and enjoy the drive with your host, stand-up comedian and power recapper, Dave Neal. Hello, everybody. It's Dave Neal. Happy Tuesday afternoon, January 16th, 2024. Oh, boy. I am surviving if not thriving here. Going to give you guys some updates. I've got Bachelor Nation news, paternity scandals, entertainment content. Plus, I'll start off with a update on my cross-country trip. You know, I'm I'm recording this live, excuse me, on my Patreon, patreon.com slash Dave Neal, in uh, Central Time Zone. I've made it to Texas. Last night, my truck broke down. My moving truck, I've got a 30-plus foot huge, massive moving truck. You know, one of the ones that you have to use those air brakes. So every time it breaks, it's like, you know, those giant trucks. It's got like the school bus style wheel. Uh, The seat bounces. I've got a bouncy seat. It literally feels like I'm driving a moon, one of those moon houses, you know, one of those like uh, circus moon houses you buy for your kid's birthday. Either way, absolutely a disaster. Well, yesterday, as I I mentioned, I mentioned this already. I mentioned that RB spilled, right? I shared that all with you guys this morning. Well, some people are theorizing that why was it, and I don't, ha- I don't have my X-Files music ready for me right now, but why was it that my truck broke down the day and a half after <laughs> I was in Arizona in Scottsdale with Clayton Eckerd? Could it be that somebody who had sinister motivations uh, put a little water on one of the sensors, which then led to a catastrophic sensor failure in the engine? No, of course that wasn't the case. Uh, but when you're paranoid, you use a little confirmation bias to link everything to the person that's coming after you. Oh, could it be? Rather than sue me for defamation, I've got somebody trying to gently destroy my rental car. No, I don't think that's the case. Uh, but either way, we're thriving. I got it fixed last night at Penske. Shout out to Penske in Amarillo, Texas. I can say that now because I'll be long gone by the time you see it. You know, it's one of those things. I'm not someone who I would I would consider myself famous, but um, several years ago, I did have somebody show up to my door late at night. Now, they had no ill intentions. They were delivering a gift, but they didn't realize how odd it was to show up. Uh, and I didn't at the same time. And I was like, that was kind of freaky, right? And my wife was like, yeah, that we can't let that happen again. So uh, I share my location once I've left that location. That's the idea. So either way, I'm going to get into some of this content here. Someone had told me that there's an update on the Clayton Eckerd paternity scandal on Nick's YouTube channel. Um, my guess is it doesn't involve him apologizing to me um, for, you know, uh, not mentioning my name and not only not mentioning my name, but for, of course, taking my name out of the conversation. That's like, that's like literally taking your citations out of your exam. If you were a student, Nick, you would have failed that test. Either way, um, he's actually in the news, not in, I say in the news lightly. Here he is on a podcast discussing, I guess, why he was the villain. I've never heard this clip. Let's listen great hero without a great villain which is why Andy's season the, my first season was one of the l- most boring seasons and the worst rated seasons were because I the was villain? the villain yeah you were the villain uh, <laughs> and, and since then the producers have been like yeah we didn't have anyone sorry <laughs> like- so that was from the Overheard in LA podcast 
Uh, so he says, the season was so boring, I needed to become the villain. Nick Vial had to step up to become the... He's not, a, he's not a bad guy. He was just helping the show generate clicks. Well, he did just that. Of course, he had that infamous moment, which is very hard to find, by the way. I'm not saying it's scrubbed from the internet, but it's very hard to find. He had that infamous moment where he questions the lady. He says, you said you love me, um, and but why would you have sex with me if you know something like that? Why would you have sex with me if you were going to dump me? Essentially, outing their private uh, sexual experiences. Which, by the way, if that happened two years ago during the height, like two, two, three years ago, was kind of like the height of Bachelor drama. That was you know during the pandemic. Any amount of news became a wild story. He was lucky that that happened kind of before Instagram was as popular as it was uh, because, I mean, that's just pretty wild stuff. Pretty wild stuff. But again, no worries. He was just playing the villain. Um, someone in the comment section said, why is he still playing the villain? <laughs> Look, we could get into the mental aspects of why Nick does the things he does. And again, I'm not saying this with any sort. You know what? I probably shouldn't say it. Let's just say I think he's got a unique set of skills that makes his brain work a certain way. And that way tends to take the villain edit. Elton John became the latest EGOT winner. What is an EGOT? E-G-O-T. That stands for Emmys, Grammys, Oscars, and Tonys. He, uh, Elton John is the latest star to land in the pantheon of EGOT greats. And while he might have had to wait a long, long time, it was well worth the patience to break through in TV. The iconic musician won an Emmy Monday night for Outstanding Variety Special due to his Disney Plus concert special, which was a huge deal. Okay, that's kind of no offense. All right, I'm not here to um, besmirch the good name of one Elty Jono, but that's a little lame, if you ask me, that uh, he won an Emmy for a music special. No, the only way to be a true EGOT is to win a Tony, win an Oscar, have a Grammy, and then win an Emmy as an actor. You can't win an Emmy as a musician. That's not. That'd be like if that'd be like if uh, uh, Lady Gaga won, you know, won an Oscar for singing. Okay, I don't know. You guys understand the point. Either way, I'm not uh, not belittling Elty Jono. We are very happy for his uh, entrance into the world of the EGOT. Matthew Perry was also honored during the Emmys in memoriam uh, with a piano Friends theme, uh, which is always good. You know, when they do these in memoriams, uh, someone always gets left out to dry, you know? Someone always gets left out. But, of course, as far as Emmys are concerned, Emmys being, you know, TV-based, uh, you know, t- you know uh, scripted television and all that jazz, Matthew Perry of course, was um, the top of the top. So um, here's the in memoriam. And by the way, you forget half these people died. Kirstie Alley? Okay, everyone sing it with me. Come on. I'll be there for you. Oh, that sounds good. Oh, very good. Ellen Arkin passed away this year. Barbara Walters. Wait, these people all died? Where have I been? We lost Barbara Walters? And of course, Matthew Perry. A standing ovation for Matthew Perry. Oh, man. 
Either way, good music, good tunes there. Very good tunes. Uh, the late actor was highlighted in Monday night's show, being selected as the last person to appear on screen during Charlie Puth's stripped-down piano performance, who started out by singing See You Again to pay tribute to several television stars who've recently died. Eventually, he segued into the Friends theme as they started to get to the last group of celebrities they wanted to mention. Very interesting stuff. Like they said, he was literally the last celebrity to appear, and it fell right in line with Charlie Puth singing the closing lines because you're there for me too did i get that right i don't think so you can hear the crowd cheering here too a testament to how big his loss was very touching stuff okay let's take a break we'll be back with some more entertainment news right after this all right we've got christina applegate receiving a standing ovation at the emmys let's listen to her introduction of course she's got ms the dead to me star dealing with her multiple sclerosis diagnosis came out to a standing ovation as she presented the award for outstanding supporting actress in a comedy series listen to a little bit of this love love shaming me with disability by standing up. It's fine. Okay. Um. So funny. <laughs> she goes, you're literally shaming my disability by standing up, <laughs> which of course, you know, that's not true, <laughs> but they are, you know, they're supporting the fact that she's able to deal with so much, so much. Uh, you know, we've watched Christina Applegate. I don't, know, I don't know if you've ever watched a Married with Children. That was the theme song. Love and marriage, love and marriage. They go together like a horse and carriage. I don't know the words. All right, either way, here she is. Body not by Ozempic. Okay, let's go. She said body not by Ozempic. All right, let's start from the beginning. She's a master. She's so funny. Have a listen. You're totally shaming me with disability by standing up. It's fine. Okay. Um, <laughs> body not by Ozempic. Okay, let's go. Uh, some of you may know me as Kelly Bundy from Married with Children. Woo. Um, thank you. We don't, we don't have to applaud every time I do something. Um, or Samantha from Samantha Who, or probably maybe my last job from Jen Harding from Dead to Me. Thank you. But very few of you probably know me from that debut. I'm gonna cry more than I've been crying. Baby Bert Grizzle on Days of Our Lives. It was really a breakout role. Is there a picture? Oh, look at that, look at that. It's a baby photo of her. I, I, I think I've been canceled. Um, anyway, it's been an honor. Uh, someone in the comments section said, don't tell mom the babysitter's dead, classic. No, trust me, I grew up at the, my, I hit puberty at the, at right when <laughs> Christina Applegate was taking off as an actress. And let me tell you something, I, I had a huge crush, huge crush. And why not? She's uh, she's a master at, um, at uh, uh, comedic timing. She's beautiful. And now she's battling and also making light of of, you know, share, sharing uh, her struggles, but, uh, you know, showing that she's still her at, as she battles this diagnosis. So how, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't like to overstay this, but how brave. To play funny, flawed, complex characters like the women nominated for supporting actress in a comedy series. 
All right, so there it was. Anyway, you probably caught that moment. Just a fun moment from last night's... Oh, hold on. All right, shut up. A fun moment from last night's video. Hey, guys, I'm recording this on the side of a highway here. No, I'm not. Well, uh, technically, I am on the side of Route 40, and tonight I'll be hopefully making it somewhere in Arkansas. Uh, Arkansas! But by the way, uh, no offense to Arkansas, my my goal for driving through Arkansas is to just get through it as fast as possible. Uh, But by the way, if there's any comedy clubs in Arkansas, let me know. I'll definitely come back and do some jokes, uh, but not during this trip. I'm just trying to get my, you know, people were saying, oh, Dave, you have to be careful at the hotel. Someone might break into your uh, moving truck and steal things. I'm like, look, it's one degree outside. It's literally so cold that thieves are like, you know what? We're going to take the week off. All right. Here's somebody taking off some time. Jason Kelsey, the older brother to Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey, of course, uh, Kansas City Chiefs tight end and uh, dating uh, pop icon Taylor Swift. Older brother uh, Jason Kelsey tells teammates he's retiring after Eagles playoff loss. The Eagles lost last night. They actually got their butts kicked. The Philadelphia Eagles lost their playoff game Monday night, and then they appeared to lose their Hall of Fame center for good. According to ESPN's Adam Schefter, Jason Kelsey told his teammates following the defeat, to the Buccaneers in their wildcard game in Tampa Bay. He's retiring. Kelsey has not yet confirmed the news publicly. He declined to speak with reporters after the loss, though his emotions on the sidelines as the clock ticked down to zero seemed to say everything for him. It's got to be very emotional to end an era. So much time was spent in the gym, probably, you know, from the age of 10 or 14 or whatever, uh, for an ultimate goal that he succeeded at. And, you know, to retire in football must be very interesting, you know. Uh, I mean, talk about an identity. Identity crisis. You you know you you play football. It's all you know. You're known as a football player. You have a place you need to be every August. You have workouts in the summer. You have recovery. You have uh, you 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 know you, there is literally no Sunday for nine months out of the year that you're not busy. And then all of a sudden, it's gone. You have free time. What do you do with that free time? What do you get into? What hobbies do you share? It's very interesting to explore. Some people retire in their 60s and then they lose their identity. They have a crisis. What do I do? Do I golf all day? I don't know what to do. And I don't have any advice for anybody, but I, I just say this. Find out what makes you happy. What makes you happy? What, like, what do you do that makes you want to call your friends up and tell them about it? And then do that. Pursue what makes your vibrations feel good. But I, I, this idea of people retiring, and, and again, this isn't everybody, but you know, this idea that people just turn the TV on for five hours a night, I can imagine how quickly your brain could turn to mush. And again, he's retiring from football, so he's probably, what, like late 30s? You know, he's not old uh, at all. <laughs> he's my age. He's not old. He's so young. He's so young and cool still. Not. Um, but either way, you know, uh, part of what we talk about on this channel is like finding your passions. And for a lot of people, a, I think retirement is still is sort of an old idea where like, okay, I, now I just sit around and collect social security. Like, no, retire. it's good to have retirement. It's good to have a, uh, a, uh, a net to fall back on and, and, you know, consistent payments and this and that. But I always think about this, like, w- w- when am I going to retire? Well, I don't, I don't know if retiring is the right word because I love doing what I'm doing. I, I literally would be in a home is surrounded by people doing what I'm doing right now. I'm, hey, did you hear the thing about this? Did you see Christina Applegate on the news? Oh, I remember her when I was going through, you know, she was a hot young one. You know, I would literally do exactly what I'm doing now in a retirement home. Um, I'll share a quick story with you because why not? I, I have zero relationship with my grandfather. My 
I have zero. My my mom left my father, so I never really got to know him. I've only met him a few times. I met my dad when I was nineteen. Didn't even know he existed. Zero contact until Google. Literally until Google came out, and then I had a sister reach out to me. I didn't know I had. You guys have probably heard this story. It's interesting, but it's like I'm not. I'm not like you know. It's (laughs) I come from like a normal middle class upbringing. You know. You know. Maybe lower middle class when I was a bait. You know. When I was younger, but you know, very middle class. You know. Um, But my grandfather, my my mom's dad, an alcoholic, a guy that lived on a boat. He was just kind of like boat around, sort of divorced my grandmother when uh, she had eight young children. And, you know, looking back, I mean, or looking, I mean, I'm sure he was a piece of shit then, but definitely, definitely looking back a piece of shit. He was a man who seemed rudderless. He, he was a, he was a creative man who did a lot of creative things, but he wasn't able to balance a family with all of that. He, he made an album. He had like a Frank Sinatra style voice. I, I, I found this out recently. He actually did a little stand up comedy, but you know what? Um, when I, when I first moved to Los Angeles about 12 years ago, I got an email. I got a I got a message from a family member saying, "Hey, your grandfather wants to know what your address is." And I was like, "Oh my gosh." I, you know, I've probably seen my grandfather five times in my whole life. He was just footloose and free, like a true Rolling Stone. I was like, "Oh my gosh, he wants my address." Interesting. And then come to find out <laughs> I'm laughing because I can't cry. Come to find out he wanted my address because he wanted to send me a screenplay he had written. And it's like, oh my gosh, what a narcissist. I don't know if it's narcissism. I don't know what it is, but to think like I'll never get to know this guy who was an otherwise super charming guy to anyone who wasn't his family. You might be nodding your head. You might have a dad or a granddad like this in your life who's like willing to charm the pants off of somebody at the post office, but not get to know their own family. I refuse to be that man. But I will say, um, even, you know, what, uh, say this before my father passed away, I was able to have some real conversations with him, which, you know, the idea of like better late than never, I guess, you know, so like things ended, even though he was, a you know, even though it was like a rough, like non-existent relationship, it still ended with, with some aspect of love, right? Well, I can say the same thing for my grandfather now. When I went home with Tasha, when we were pregnant, just a couple months ago, um, I never shared this story, but we actually got a chance to go see my grandfather in the home he's living in. You know, he's in rough shape. He's got one of those chairs that kind of like stands him up for him. I wish my dog had this. He's probably got the same hips as my dog. But either way, it was so funny to see that even in the old person home, he was the same guy. He was chatting it up with some lady he met who was just like the hot ticket lady. Maybe she was three years younger. He's 88. She's an 85, whatever the, whatever the case is. But either way, he's, uh, he's a man whose stripes have haven't changed and he's a social butterfly at the very least and I was able to have a chuckle even if I don't even know if my grandfather knows who I am I was able to have a chuckle as I was able to at least and who knows maybe he'll stick around long enough to meet my son not holding my breath on it but we'll have to see either way (laughs) I don't know where that tangent came from but uh, families aren't the ones we're asking for they're the ones we get and we learn a lot from them both good and bad. Uh, and pursuing our passions, I think what I've learned is that you can have your cake and eat it too. You can pursue your passions. You can find a family to share them with. And, um, you know, and you can all sort of reap the benefits of living that life that is the most authentic. The last thing I ever want to be is a bitter father. The last thing I ever want to be is someone who put my passions to the side uh, because I think the true, the true gift you can give your kids is to show them work ethic, to show them how you can pursue the high 
highest level goals you have. And achieving those goals might not be the actual sort of definition of who you become as a man or a woman, but reaching and pursuing those goals might be what we're known for. And that's kind of how I feel about that. Does does any of this make sense? Sometimes when I feel like I'm not making sense, I'll get emails from some people being like, oh my gosh, that was brilliant. But for some people, they're probably like, Dave, what are you talking about? We'll be back with more content right after this. I love to record these podcasts with Patreon because I get some really great clips from them. So if you want to watch what we're talking about, you go to patreon.com slash Dave Neal. Rebecca said, sometimes you have to create your own family, then stay with the one you were born into. And yeah, that's important. That's important that sometimes, you know, you know, and by the way, I have great relationships with most of my family, but you know, it's important to notice when there's something off and I'm, I'm the type that just has to call things out. Hey, how come nobody's talking about this? Like I'm the guy at the dinner table that wants to bring up like unresolved deep family wounds, you know? All right. So here's a quick Clayton Eckert update. There was an email written, uh, it looks like to Jane Doe from the sheriff's department. She called, um, she called, uh, she tattletailed on YouTuber Liz Neptune. Here's the email that the sheriff wrote back to Jane Doe. Miss Janeth Doeth, I acknowledge the distressing incidents of criminal harassment, defamation, and unauthorized disclosure of private communications that you have been subjected to by an individual identified as Liz Neptune. It is crucial to address these issues promptly and effectively. In light of the ongoing cyberbullying and harassment, I strongly advise you to make an official police report with the local law enforcement. Documenting these incidents through an official report is essential to ensure that the appropriate legal action is taken to protect your rights and hold the perpetrator accountable for their actions. Okay, first, I don't know if the sheriff actually said this or if this is fabricated. I have I don't know my ups from my downs at this point, but also this is from them only hearing Jane Doe's side. Of course, Liz Neptune, it, Liz Neptune is not guilty of any of those things. Additionally, I recommend filing a restraining order against Liz Neptune to establish legal boundaries and prevent further harassment. This will provide you with legal protection and support in deterring any future unauthorized contact or communication. Again, Liz Neptune never reached out to her. The violation of criminal cyberbullying laws and the dissemination of false information through various online platforms are clear indicators of the seriousness of the situation. By taking these proactive measures, you are safeguarding your rights and seeking the necessary legal recourse to address the targeted harassment and defamation. Please do not hesitate to reach out if you require any further assistance or subject in the matter. Your well-being and safety are paramount and the Broward Sheriff's Office is here to guide you through this process. Is this real? This feels fake because no, nobody says dissemination more than Jane Doe and this feels fake, but I don't know. We'll have to find out if this is real or not. All right, let's end the day with a couple non-Bachelor uh, news stories. Puberty posted this about the boss, a, a bear. An extraordinary 600-pound bear in Banff National Park, Canada, surviving a train collision and dominating as the largest and oldest resident. Nicknamed for good reason, the boss fathered an impressive 70% of the area's cubs. Oh, there's a lot of fetal DNA by this guy, establishing his reign atop the local food chain. This behemoth even cannibalizes... Uh, oh, yikes. This, <laughs> this just got dark. This behemoth even cannibalizes other grizzly bears, showcasing unparalleled resilience in the wild. Despite a run-in with the train, the boss remains an awe-inspiring force in Banff National Park, embodying the epitome me of bear toughness yeah don't bear i think bears will eat like um uh the males so that they can't become alphas is that right do i have that right okay well <laughs> i shared this news story because i wanted to end on a high note and it ended with him cannibalizing other bears oh see that cute little bear over there he's about to eat your bear babies 
All right, folks. Well, look, we'll be back with more tomorrow, more updates on my wild road trip. Hopefully I'll be in Arkansas and um, Arkansas, home of Walmart. Nothing like Arkansas sounds like anything I want to be in. No offense. No, no, no. No offense to Arkansas. It's got the Ozarks, which is a great place to do money laundering. Um, I'm sure I'm sure the Arkansas, Arkansas is very beautiful, but Walmart is not. It's a disgrace to our country. Uh, but that's that's just my opinion on that. I'll be at Walmart after this. Well, unless there's any other breaking news where I have to pull over onto the side of the road while I'm eating my Arby's, I will not have any other content for you today. But I do have three YouTube videos. You can go check those out. Plus, uh, there'll be a link below if you want to buy any of the merchandise we created this week. Dave Neal, some podcaster is what it's called. Thanks to Tracy Anderson for that design. And again, it'll only be available this week. So in the description, there's a link to that. To that. And, um, and I'll be back tomorrow morning, baby. In the meantime, I've been Dave Neal. And this was The Rush. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And if you didn't, don't. Join the free Facebook group, Dave Neal's Community. Got cash? Become a premium member at patreon.com slash Dave Neal. Link in the description below. And don't forget to follow Dave on Instagram at dneals for upcoming stand-up shows. See you tomorrow on The Rush.